Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. and welcome to Beyond Your Best Plan, the podcast where we inspire you to move beyond what you believe you could move beyond. We have all five ladies of the Fab Five in studio today, and we can't wait to share this episode with you. Meet Catherine, whose purpose is to help others end internal suffering and accomplish their dreams. Sarah's mission is to educate peers and help entrepreneurs to become more effective leaders. Claudette's mission is to help people on their spiritual path go from zero to 60, activating their inner guidance to heal and grow. Kathleen's mission is to assist parents who have experienced the loss of a child to suicide, move from pain and suffering to peace presence and purpose and me. I'm Whitney and I'm on a mission to help people do work they love and love the work they do. One of my favorite quotes is by Betty Davis. What other people think of me is none of my business. That's actually, (laughs) that's, that's like my girl crush quote. And then here's another quote. It's anonymous. You have no idea how limitless you are when you don't care what other people think or say about you. Well, of course, there have been times in our lives where what other people think and say hold great sway over us. But one of the wonderful things about getting older, about being mature, is that we start to care less about other people's opinions, and certainly we learn to at least not care too much. In today's episode, Catherine leads the Fab Five discussion about you and how you can stop caring too much about what other people think. Catherine, the mic is yours. Thank you, Whitney. I am so excited about this topic today, caring too much what people think. Who can relate to that? My sisters, I've got lots of head shakes, lots of hands going up as we do this on a beautiful platform. We get to see each other every Monday when we record. And so this show, I feel like is long overdue in my life because I would put myself in this category of caring too much what people think. And this is a journey. This has absolutely been a journey for me. I remember a story that just strikes me to my core about my grandmother and my great-grandmother. And my grandmother's father died in the war when she was eight years old. And at his funeral, 
my grandmother as a young eight-year-old child began to weep at her father's funeral as they were bringing his casket by. And her mother, my great-grandmother, sort of taps her on her arm and tells her that it is improper for little girls to cry. It's not ladylike to my eight-year-old grandmother as she was. What about adults? I mean, damn, I cry all the time. Absolutely. So caring too much what people think, that it wasn't ladylike, was improper for a little girl to cry at her father's funeral. So this is my lineage, (laughs) y'all. And so, and I share that story in that this is a um, evolution of mankind as well, where we have this sort of internal wiring that we want to be accepted. We want to, we want approval, you know, way, way, way back in the day before my grandmother's story, you know, it was dangerous. If you got booted out of the tribe for whatever reason, right, you could get eaten by lions. So there is a part of our internal wiring around caring what people think and how dangerous it is for us or not. And I think it has a lot to do with how we're raised and what we experience as children and sort of continues to expand and grow and develop from there, whether you develop into not caring or a massive caring around what people think. And so for me, this journey has been constantly stepping into my fears around rejection and betrayal of people constantly stepping into that, I being aware of it, you know, and what has served me beautifully in this journey of stepping in, the more you do it, the more you build that muscle of not caring, particularly when you need to address things or confront things or get an alignment in a relationship or with your teams, your communication and stepping into this, what are they going to think is powerful and it's a must in our lives, particularly we're all business women on here. We run our families, we run businesses, we run our lives. I mean, most of us are leaders in some way. Everyone that is listening to this show right now leads in some way. And so part of that is releasing that care of what people think because you can constantly be like, what are they going to say? What are they going to say? What are they going to think? And that can really hold us back. I think it's important to be mindful and know also who you're going to care about. Like, who do you want, you know, will you really accept that feedback and that insight from as well? It's just important to know who to care what they think and who to not maybe care as much what they think. So we're going to step into all this in today's show. Super excited for it. I remember doing a test um, when I was working with one of my coaches that, you know, one of my saboteurs, which are, you know, this sort of behaviors or meanings or stories that we hold on to that usually we get from childhood was one of the my top saboteurs and saboteurs, meaning they kind of hold you back in some areas is that I'm a pleaser, like pleaser is one of them and that you're wanting to please other people. And so for me, I consistently step into that pleaser. I think it's a beautiful gift, but it can also hold me back. And so stepping into that and constantly uh, stepping into not caring about what people think 
and caring about how people feel, but not necessarily what are they going to think? What are they going to say has been a huge area of growth and development for me. And so Sarah, what say you on this topic? Let's kick this off around caring too much what people think from beautiful, powerful Sarah. Thank you. I love this topic. Also, I feel like it's just been a life journey of figuring out this balance as a child with a mother and a stepmother running side by side through my early development. They were very different and they imparted two completely different mindsets around this. And so for me, there was a lot of confusion around this topic. And you add to that, that I was a very vibrant and active and busy, fast mind moving child. I was dampened a lot. There was a lot of times it was be quiet, sit down. The adults are speaking. Um, One of my my stepmother's upbringing portion of it, um, which had, which has its own service in my life. So I have no regrets around this, but she was very much of the mindset that children were seen and not heard. And she had a makeup behind all of that, that also had some causes to feel very protective and fearful for me around men. And so she really imparted on me about, you know, the adults being the people in the room and that when, unless you were in another room with just kids, you were to be quiet, you were to sit still, which I don't know that I even am able to do that now, (laughs) but, you know, so I had some very strict boundaries around this and it was really hard for me to quiet myself and to be still and to be proper to your point, Catherine. And, you know, but the balance, the word, you know, the topic is caring too much. So I want to highlight that word too, because we do need to care. We need to be considerate. We need to be somewhat societal in our group of people, right? So that life continues forward to your point with the tribe, you know, you can't be getting kicked out of the tribe (laughs) or, you know, in some cases getting put in jail, right? Like there's societal boundaries around this as well. So it is a very deep topic. It's a very complex topic, but it's a topic that's so important to bring up. And I have a fun story to share around it. This weekend, it was, as we're recording, it's Halloween day. And this weekend, of course, there were Saturday Halloween parties and Halloween is fun for us. It's a, it's a big deal for my husband. I let him pick our costumes every year. And this year we ended up with an extra friend and we were excited to bring her on as we were embarking on the tombstone characters. My husband was Doc Holliday. I was big nose Kate and we had an extra cowboy to throw in the mix. And so getting our costumes together was fun. But my girlfriend was being a cowboy because she worked Saturday and getting home to our house and getting in costume, it was faster to make her a cowboy. My girlfriend is glam, glitz, and style all day long. This is what she loves. This is what she lives. So emotionally, her becoming a boy for the night was a big deal. 
a really big deal, guys. She cared so much. It was in, along the journey of preparing her costume, there were things that she would bring up, like, don't make me too boxy. Well, I don't think I want to wear the cowboy pants. Can I wear my leggings? I don't know what to do with my makeup. Should I have no makeup on or should I have makeup on? I'm still a girl, Sarah. These were the things that came up. And all of this was caring about the results of what other people were going to see and how she was going to feel that she was being received and what that meant for her fun for the night. So fast forward Sunday morning, we're having coffee and we're talking about things. And she says, you know, that was an extremely difficult thing for me to do. And it was when we got to the party, she stops me at the door and I could see the fear in her eyes. And she said, I'm not sure. I'm scared. I don't know what they're going to think about me. Let me tell you, this woman runs major businesses. She leads well over 850 people on a daily basis. So we're not talking about a silent little butterfly that was feeling, this is somebody that was really feeling intense about walking in to a group of people dressed as a man. And so I'm only bringing it up because at some level in that moment, she cared too much what other people thought. And it's okay to care what other people think, right? But it was going to prevent her from having a good time. It was throwing her into an emotional state and a mental state that was causing her angst. But she celebrated the next Sunday, the next day, we celebrated the fact that she made it through and it was such a good exercise. And we said on the other side of that, hey, you had fun. People accepted you. People loved you. And she said, yeah, I mean, I felt fat. I felt extremely ugly and I didn't know how people would respond to me. We are so conditioned. So it's just a fabulous example of even the simplest costume can bring up how we pay such close attention to how people are going to receive us and how people are going to accept or not accept us. Uh, we were able to work through that situation. So, and I'm guilty of it too, of really there's, I'm, I think when you hit 40, I'm pretty certain something about turning 40 and then heading into your 60s, you know, as a woman, there's this transformation where we stop giving a shit and we don't care as much as we used to in the prior years. And so I feel liberated and I've worked through this in my 40s. And what I've found is it's like it, I've balanced caring and respect and I want to add respect on the other side of that because I do have a husband involved in this conversation. And sometimes I need to respect his opinion, but I may not give a shit what he thinks. Am I being too loud? My friends don't think I'm being too loud or am, am I, you know, well, he never tells me I'm dressed too provocatively. He'd rather that. So, <laughs> um, you know, or am I um, embarrassing him? Right? Am I embarrassing him just being me? Because I spent, I think, a lot of time embarrassing my stepmother as a child, quite frankly. Um, so I have balanced not giving a shit, but res being respectful of my environment. And I think that is a, it, it's, I'm still working on it. And I, I always want to be considerate of others. I want to read the room. I think it's important to read your room. 
and have a feel for what's happening and be somewhat socially conscious, but also be authentically yourself and be who you are in that moment and that time with those people. But it doesn't mean being reckless and it doesn't mean being careless. It doesn't mean disrespecting others or disrespecting environments, but it does mean that balance. And, and, you know, a lot of the topics that we talk to lead us back to the word balance, right? We're all, we're always trying to go in, in between. And so for me, I'm still working on it. It's been easier after I hit my forties, you know, another time in life as women, I see my girlfriends grow is when they're pregnant. When they're pregnant, they get this um, desire to only care about the baby. They don't care anymore about others as much as they used to before they were pregnant. I've seen that in every single one of my girlfriends. And I love it because I see them grow and I see them rise into them, into their motherhood, into their families. So caring too much, but caring just enough and finding that balance of respect is it's critical these days and very important. I love that. I love that balance of caring and respect reading the room, right? Understanding, you know, bear, like just, you know, understanding, like you said, where are you? What are the environments, right? And what's important? What is important to us to care about, right? Is this serving us or not serving us? And I just have to say, I love how your girlfriend was so vulnerable in her caring of what people were thinking as you're walking in. She's at least like, sharing, oh my God, are they going to like me? What are they going to say? Do I look too boyish? Do I not look too, you know, and being that authentic with where she was, is just, is just gorgeous. Well, and trust me, Catherine, I held her hand and I realized in that moment, I couldn't leave her side for at least the first hour. <laughs> and so she got her feet under her and, and, and trust me, she had an amazing time um, at the end of the day. But yeah, you're right. You know, when I saw that fear in her eyes, uh, you know, she was about to tear up in that moment. This was serious. And so we worked through it together. It's gorgeous. And that's what it takes is having our people there to help us walk through it and being vulnerable and authentic with where we are in our caring, right? And so gorgeous. Thank you for that. Whitney, what say you and how is this landing the topic around caring too much what people think. And thank you, Sarah, for the distinction of the too much. That was brilliant. Caring too much is what we're talking about. How is all this landing for you, Whitney? I was going to start with, I appreciate Sarah pointing that, that tiny word out, right? The caring too much. And I'm going to go just a little bit further. And it's not just caring too much, but, you know, my history has been I wouldn't have said that I'm someone who didn't care what other people think, but I don't care what other people think. And that has been who I have been. My parents, my father's not here anymore, but my mother would say, I came to this planet with that attitude, sort of like, I'm here, you know, don't get it twisted let's keep it moving sort of thing. And so for me, it's less about caring what other people think than it is caring about other people. And for me, that's the distinction. So I don't care 
really what other people think in the grand scheme of things care what other people think. I care what my husband thinks. I care what my sister and my mother, right? In situations, it matters what other people think. I don't know that I care as much that than it is that I recognize that it matters, right? With clients, with potential clients, when I used to w- try to get jobs with people, it mattered what people thought, but did I care ultimately to a place where it altered in the point Sarah made that I couldn't be who I was. I couldn't be true to myself. And I think for me, that's the distinction. And the caring too much would be so that it altered me and my approach to life. With that said, I care about other people, right? I believe the point of my being here is to love other people, right? My purpose in life is to love, to serve, and to give. And in that respect, it matters a great deal about environments, right? Sarah brought up that word about environments. And so it matters how I walk into a room. And if I am projecting an energy that lifts the room up or brings the room down and my interaction with people because I care about them. And it's not, I'm not driven by what they think about me, but that I want to do the right thing by other people and love them the best way that I know how. So I'm an introvert by nature. As a kid, I was very much rejuvenated by time spent alone, puzzles, reading. I was athletic. And then I had parents, and my father in particular, um, and they're all sorts of issues that, you know, family dynamics that were a problem. But what I remember about my parents is that they instilled in us a strong sense of self, of personal responsibility and self-efficacy, and that they were always telling us that we were smart and beautiful and powerful and to use that for good. And I, and, and so for me, that's how I try to, to walk through the world. That's how I try to be in relationship with people and relate to them is from a place of I'm here, but I'm not here to run roughshod over you, right? I'm here to be in partnership and life with you. And if that's going to work for you, if that's mutually, you know, a, a mutual desire, then we can do this. Otherwise, I'm going to keep it moving and and just sort of go on. So I think it matters what you want, what your vision is for relationships, what your vision is for you, your life, how you want to show up. And if you do that, do it from a place of wholeness and authenticity, right? Then the caring too much sort of takes care of itself. And you can care about people. You can recognize that 
how you are around them matters, but you don't have to let that drive you to be something that you're not or to do things sort of from a a people-pleasing perspective that doesn't ultimately serve you, serve them and the higher good. So those are my two cents on this. Boom. Powerful insight from our fearless sister, Whitney, who just doesn't step into the stories and or just doesn't have them around fear, uh, around being rejected. It is a story that she has around, I'm going to say it. If that, if it needs to be said, I'm going to say it and I'm going to do it where we're related. Are you going to say badass? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you can say badass. And I didn't say relating it. To the person versus the relationship, but the relating yeah. to. And so I, it's a beautiful distinction there. Claudette, are we just talking about fear here? I think, I think all of us want to be safe and loved. And we forget who we are. And so when we first are in our environment with our parents, we're looking around going, who am I? Show me who I am. Like, mm-hmm. right? How you respond to me, how you react to me will tell me who I am. And then what happens is, and Whitney probably came into this lifetime with this al- this process already done because she was like, I know who I am, right? So there's a stage of evolution where we start to know who we are. And it's not based on other people at that point. So there's there's like something that happens within us experientially to where we begin to understand who we truly are. And that's of a more divine nature, spiritual nature. And I remember I used to care what everybody thought and I was trying to keep up with it. And then my ego was involved because I thought I was too much. And that's a trick of the ego. Because if you think you're too much, now you're comparing yourself as being more than. But the ego will trick you and say, you too much, girl. And then you play less than when you just have to be who you are, not more, not less, but also honoring everyone. And so when I started understanding ego, I stepped out of that. I was like, oh, okay. I was in my ego. I thought I was too much, right? And I just started going who am I? And I started questioning when I was around people, if something would trigger me because I didn't feel safe and loved. If I got triggered, I would go, do you define me or does truth define me? And see, when we find that eternal definition of who we really are at a spirit level, it overrides seeking our identity to be established in what we do in the world who we associate with, who our friends are, who our parents are, because I might even go this far. At this point, we all have mothers and fathers, but our true identity is source. So that's really our heritage and our lineage, if we really want to go there, right? So when we start to associate with that and we're affirmed within and we tap into eternal love and we Now we start to step into who we are and then we become unshakable and we we really then don't care what others think, but then we love them deeply, just like Whitney talked about. It took me years to figure that out, right? And I was just contorting who I was. I even had one friend, and this is funny to me now, but 
she got mad at me and she's not my friend anymore because she goes, you're not spiritual. You're just faking it because you've never been that spiritual around me. And then my other friends like she's been spiritual for 25 years, you know, but I was showing up differently to different people because I had a fear of judgment with that one particular friend. And then I got brave enough to be myself. And then I got judged. Well, there we go back to if I have a fear of judgment, I'll experience judgment, right? Whatever you fear is such a strong energy out into the universe that comes back to you, right? The universe will mirror that. And so when we really start to understand who we are, we're universal spirit individualizing. I say, you know, you're not manifesting God. God's manifesting your ass, okay? And so we're individualizing and that's okay. And that's who we are. And so now we're all linked. We're all together. And then we're just at different states of consciousness. Eventually we'll all wake up. It's all good. And then we can just be in a place of more love. And so safety and, and what are we putting our identity in? What other people say, if you do that, it's exhausting and it changes on a dime. It's not certain. But if you put your identity in, I actually come from the one source of all things. That's pretty solid, right? And so what does that look like in who I am, how I show up? I mean, I've been spending years figuring this out, you know, and working through it experientially within my being and how I show up with people and not having all the hangups and stuff. And so I would say, keep going on the track of growth. And if you find yourself saying, I just don't care what people think, a lot, you actually probably do. Because I used to say that all the time. I just don't care. I just don't care. And truth started going, really? Because why Why do I keep hearing this? That was the voice in my inside of my head. I'm like going, oh, I actually do. Right? So I began to look at that honestly. And then I was like, it's understanding how the universe works. So everything is resonance. Everything is energy. If I show up, With honoring everyone, not mowing them down, just like Whitney said, just honoring everybody, loving everybody, I will attract into my life and pull into my life people in the same resonance. And if I trust that, then I can release trying to be in a friend group that I'm not in resonance with or, you know, I can release all of it and just trust because we're all one and and eventually love wins. Love for ourself and love for everyone else. So be you because guess what? God is manifesting you and he wants your ass to be individualized. He doesn't want you to be like everybody else contorting around. Universal spirit wishes for all of us to express fully in a different way because that's not boring. Can you imagine if we were all the same, right? And so I understand the instinctual. I think Sarah brought that up. The instinctual reasons, or maybe Catherine, I understand those reasons why we don't want to get kicked out of the tribe. So I would say in that context, let's start to work on really getting our gut feeling and our intuition active, because as we follow that guidance, then the right thing will happen in the tribe, right? We don't have to worry about what's happening. We're just following that divine intelligence and guidance. And that tends to take care of everything outside of the lower thinking, right? Some people go, I can't trust my gut, but that's, 
that's because the lower thinking ego will come in on it and pee all over it. My ego is like a little, little dog that needs to be trained. So, you know, that's, that's what it is. So let's just, yeah, let's just really go back to the center of our core and say, who am I? Because the biggest thing is to know thyself, right? And then, then you're untouchable, right? I was literally just going to recap on that point of how you said honoring who I am. And I love how you, your awareness around having to trick your ego too, where, you know, and, and you mentioned, you know, when we're being triggered, we're in a situation where essentially we're feeling like, you know, we're caring too much what people think. And another way of saying that, as you so beautifully did, Claudette, we're questioning if we feel safe and loved. We're questioning, do we feel safe and loved? And we don't get that from outside people. And we, our natural instincts are to go there, right? But as you said, that's at the soul, the spirit level, that source energy level of where that truly comes from. So beautiful. Thank you. And Kathleen, I see you over here, like ready to rock and roll on this topic. What say you around caring too much what people think? Oh, I just love this topic again. You know, I just, all of our topics are pretty amazing actually, because growing up, your early ages in your life really does matter. Your environment, what Claudette and Whitney both said is your environment and feeling safe. I had written that, that down at the beginning is what's your environment like and the need to feel safe and accepted. And Whitney's early programming was she's beautiful, she's smart, and she's powerful and use it for good. My early programming was you're unworthy, you're unlovable, you're not safe, and you really need to protect yourself. And so for years, I embodied that belief and continued to believe that and then continued to re-victimize myself over and over and over again because of that programming. And so the programming is what brings you into environments that don't feel safe. And why I do the work I do today is because grief cracked, you know, stripped those beliefs or those programming right down to the very core and exasperated it, expanded it. So where I had to deal with the limiting beliefs that I was programmed with as a, as a child and the need to really sit in the curiosity of what those programs are and knowing that we are that spark of light and all that is. And while we may think as a program, those limiting beliefs are really, are just a program that is untrue. It is not the truth. And we are those powerful beings that Whitney was programmed with as a child. So the environment in which you put yourself in matters. And how you show up in that environment matters as well. So when we show up in, in a space where we're feeling great, we're on high, you know, we're, we're high on life and we're in joy, we show up and a room is, is 
or a person is like a downer and really pay attention to that energy as it ebbs and flows. It doesn't mean they're right or wrong. It just means, do you want to subject yourself to that? Caring too much about what other people think can be because you were programmed that you can't trust people, that you are unworthy, that you are unlovable. All of that is not true. However, those are programs that we have created in our life based on our experiences. So you get to choose whether you want to take the deeper, uh, more difficult path right now to explore some of those limiting beliefs and heal through them and release them, or you want to stay stuck in that and continue to believe the untruths. And that's exactly why I help people through their grieving journey or parents through their grieving journey is because the belief of I caused this, there's regrets, there's all kinds of things that go through uh, your mind. It's just simply not true. You are lovable. I am lovable. We are all in this together. And the more that you work through those limiting beliefs, those old programs, the more you're able to show up with that high frequency and, and helping other people, like Whitney said, the intention is to be in that high frequency so you can share that frequency with others so they can see that life doesn't have to be as difficult as you're creating in this moment. Now, a lot of people don't want to own that they're creating their life. But the fact is, we create our life and our experiences. I'm not saying because my son killed himself, I created that. What I create is how I respond to that. And I get to choose whether I want to live in suffering or unnecessary suffering, or I get to choose to go deeper into those limiting beliefs and those those programs to where I get to show up with the fact that I am that spark of light of all that is. And so are you. Kathleen, I just want to piggyback on something you said that piggybacked on something I said, right? So it's like is my a double decker backpack. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, you know, I started life, I would say, with parents that instilled the lessons and the, the you know what they wanted us to move through life with. But I'm not going to pretend like it's always been that way for me. Right. There was a period of time and it and it came around men. Right. And wanting to be loved by men and a man in particular at some point, but in just in general. And it comes from some of the things that I saw in my family, some dynamics in my family that didn't have anything to do with me. Right. Those were not the things that were said to me, but they were still things that I observed that were part of that environment that had me in a place where where there was, I would say, conflict. Right. You've got conflicting messages. And now I don't know quite what to do. I don't know who to ask, who to talk to, to who to trust in trying to decipher that. And so I took what my parents gave me, which was, I can figure this out on my own. Whereas if I had had some sense of it's okay to turn to other people for help 
I could have avoided some of that, but ultimately it was the life that I needed to get me where I am now, right? So I'm not in a place of regretting any of it, but I can see looking back with, you know, with my rear view mirror, I can see how the conflicting messages created some of what I went through, particularly in my relationship with men, probably caring a little too much for a period of time of what men thought. And then getting to a place where I was like, you know what, you don't have it all together. Why am I putting any stock into anything that you think, say, or believe about me or life or relationship when you don't have it together, which is the other part for me, right? Why would I get, care too much about what people who are as flawed as I am, <laughs> why am I giving you any power about how I should be or how things should be when you don't have it anymore together? So uh, I just wanted to, I don't want to, the audience to walk away and say, oh, she's got it all together and you know, she's figured it all out um, and how great her parents were. Parents were great, not perfect. And there were some conflicting things that have created issues for me throughout life. So I just want to make sure that of course I was a hundred percent on that. Yeah, of course. You know, like the need for acceptance is just, is based on, I mean, we all have experience and nothing is perfect and that's why we're here. We're here to, to experience and grow and be aware of what's happening. And we're human creatures and human creatures are about connection. It, the fact is we're about connection because we are the spark of light of all that is. So we are connected. So of course we want to be connected. And when we feel less than or not sure of or needing other people's approval and caring overly, overly about what other people think of you is because of the program that was created somewhere in this lifetime or another that you're carrying and we get to be curious and explore versus being attached or needing that's what you know like all of that is like really be curious about hmm that's interesting i responded pretty negatively around that so what in within me do i get to hold you know how do i get to love myself enough and realize where those those programs were and what's not true any longer. Sarah, go ahead. I'm sorry I cut you off. Well, and I was just, you know, leaning into Whitney and, and what she was saying, you, you've described yourself as an introvert and I can imagine in school, so maybe not at home even, there's some programming that could have affected you along the way there too. We get exposed to that education system and all the kids and all the things and teachers and et cetera. And, you know, that can also have its own effect. But, you know, one thing we're not mentioning, I'm just, I didn't think of it until midway through the show. So uh, people pleasing, people pleasing, you know, that is the caring too much about what other think, other people think. That is the epitome of it, where you're sacrificing 
your own beliefs sometimes, your own happiness sometimes in pleasing others. And there are people that are addicted to people pleasing. They don't, or not even addicted, programmed to, that is how they respond in life. That is how they move forward in life. But we're here to say, you don't have to. And there is healing from that too. And people pleasing comes from, you know, again, that early childhood um, programming. I, I think about my dad. My dad was the most beautiful man and he took custody of us as children. And while he did that, he got his master's degree. He ran marathons. He traveled around the country and did his best. And the last person I wanted to disappoint was him. And that was my first, not my first experience, but I guess maybe some of my first real concrete memories. I did not want to disappoint him. And, you know, even lying, let's, lying is caring too much. Sometimes I would sometimes make up a lie to not disappoint him, which broke all kinds of trust rules, right? It shouldn't have. But if I think about what was driving me as a child, I just didn't want to disappoint. I cared so much and I, I worked so hard to protect his feelings about his children, me and my brother, that I hid all kinds of stuff. I, I didn't say things when I should have said things. And I spent a ton of time trying to please him. I remember a couple of times he would come and sit and we'd have a family discussion as to whether he was going to leave my stepmom that month. And, and it wasn't once. This was probably something that happened eight or nine times in our time together with her. And I always wanted to please him in that moment. And I knew he loved loving. I knew he loved family. And I knew he loved wanting to be together, whether it was functional or dysfunctional. So as an eight-year-old, as a nine-year-old, as a 10-year-old, I was always raising my hand to what I thought my dad in his core wanted. And I was willing to suck it up and take it and go with it and ride the ride because I was spending so much effort trying to please him. You know, I don't know that I've ever admitted that, but that is the reality of, you know, what we end up. And I really would not even say I'm a self-described people pleaser. I really didn't fall into that permanently. Maybe I should give it some time of reflection <laughs> but and, and think about that a little bit more. But at the same time, I, I can see where I did spend a considerable amount of time as a child doing that. What a powerful awareness and just aha moment that unfolded, Sarah, within you here during the show. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I can just see it sort of unfolding as you're moving through that. No. Thank you. Very powerful. This is real. This is authentic. This is why we do this show. So how does caring too much what people think show up in your world and stepping into that, stepping into the, I think one of big message here is around caring too much and how that could equate to our own feelings around unworthiness or not enoughness, fears around rejection, right? Which I think tie the deep rootedness is around unworthiness and not enoughness. So where can we step into that even more, move through that even more, because we are all 
more than worthy. We are all more than enough. And how can we step into that journey of continuing to show ourselves that very fact that we are enough and we are more than worthy. So I'll hand this back over to Whitney. Thank you, my sisters, for a gorgeous show. So much insight. Thank you. And Whitney, over to you. Well, thank you, Catherine. And thank you, ladies, for, again, the vulnerability that is displayed amongst us, I think is so vitally important helping our audience. And, you know, we get comments from members of the audience that let us know that what we're doing and and how we're sharing is making a difference. So I just, I want to say thank you for being who you are and bringing to the table each and every week, everything that you do. And we want to thank you for being with us every week here on Beyond Your Best Plan. If you haven't already, please rate and review our show and join us in our Facebook group. We can share more there and on Instagram and let us know how you move through or if you do move through this challenge of caring too much. Maybe there are some things that you do that help you to not care too much. But before we go, Catherine is doing the thing in DC and we want to hear a little bit about what you've got going on and how the audience can connect with you. Yes. Thank you, Whitney. We are doing a little dang thing in the DC area, specifically Arlington, Virginia. The dang thing is called Fit District Studios and Energy Cafe, a business I've been building for a couple years now. And we have recently opened our doors, which is extremely exciting and just been an incredible experience so far, an incredible journey. Courthouse neighborhood. We're right near the metro in the heart of Arlington, Virginia. If you go to our website, www.fitdistrict.com, you'll find a complimentary three-day guest pass to come on over and join us for three days. Come as much as you want. Try us out over in Fit District Studios. We have yoga, interval training, and cycling. And then our energy cafe is healthy, delicious meals and smoothies and juices. So if you're in the DC area, the Arlington area, grab your three-day complimentary pass and pop in and say hello. Awesome. Awesome. So while there is no or may not be a free lunch, there is a free workout for you. So check out Catherine and Fit District the next time you are in the DC, Virginia area. And until next time, stand in your power, care about others. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.